Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Civ Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. But what if all three of us want to be the guy in the chair? It's Civ Pop. We are all three guys. That's right! We all get to be the guys in the chair. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Woo. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our mind. Today's guru, it's Roper from All Tower Media! Woo! Hey! What's going on? Welcome. The beautiful pipes of Roper <laughs> have joined us on the Sif Pop podcast. I need like a late night TV show. Something, or a, man. A radio show in a dark room. Something. So this is your first time on the podcast. Yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself? Let us know a little bit about you, what you do. Tell us about Alt uh, Tower, that kind of thing. Well, I uh, I'm, I am Roper. Um, I watch a plethora of movies. Um, a bevy of films. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, boatloads of them. Um I have a podcast. Actually, I have a couple of different shows that I, I work on. Uh, All Tower Media is the overarching one, but we do a spoiler cast. And spoiler cast, as it suggests, we talk about anything and everything. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we go through and just spoil the whole movie, but it just prevents us from having to pull punches when we're oh, ha- sure. talking about stuff. This way, we just, it's like, hey, we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And um, outside of that, we do another show called Agents of Sir. Uh, it's a couple of my friends. We get together. We talk about anything comic book related, whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, whatever the case may be, or actual comic books. And we just talk about the content of comics. And then the other one that I do is actually for the studio where I, I, I record these shows at. And uh, that's uh, uh, Spellbook Studios. And it's Spellbook uh, uh, Spellbooks podcast is what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a lot so you of got fun. a lot of stuff going on then. Yeah, I got the, at least the three shows, and then of course but I work and all that good business. Most importantly, and then every now and then I assist with Flick Freaks. Yes, you are one <laughs> of the four crew members of the Seven Days to Die Let's Play series. Yeah, I've been actually working on uh, the the twelfth day, which is the twelfth uh, episode for that, and it's yeah. a lot of fun to work on. Uh, I love everything about it. It is hilarious, and I hope everybody checks it out. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned comic books as a big, you know, part of kind of the stuff you talk about, yeah. you know, and and of course that has made its way into films yep. like crazy. But are you like a comic book guy from way back? Like, you know, oh, yeah. are you a Page Turner from back in the day oh, kind of thing? Absolutely. Okay. So how did you get involved in in that kind of culture? Because I'm not. I've admitted this before. Like, I kind of come to geek culture uh, in, not the same way that a lot of people do. In that I love movies, yeah, but it didn't come from a love of like the you know comic book you know minutia that kind of stuff. I just I just love film storytelling. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm one that I I like a good story. Mm-hmm. I always have. Um, really doesn't matter what it is. I'll watch something and it's like, man, that's a really great story. And everybody's like, yeah, but I didn't like anything else about it. And I'm like, I don't care. It's wonderful. Uh, but years and years and years ago, uh, back whenever I was a, a kid. My parents separated, and I needed something to do. And, you know, I'd gotten to going over to a place here in town that uh, was called Caveman. 
and uh, mm-hmm. they had, they had uh, cards, comics, and all that good stuff. And I just I got into reading Spider Man twenty ninety nine, ah. uh, which was one of those weird ones that not the twenty ninety nine series that came out for a lot of the different comic books at the time. They didn't get a whole lot of following. Yeah, I mean they had some, but not like copious amounts of followers. It's not like it just took over everything. But I, I really liked them. And uh, the character for that, the Spider-Man version of that, is different than what we see with, like, Peter Parker. Um, but now I had to backpedal and read more on Spider-Man and all that good stuff. And, of course, you watched, uh, I grew up watching uh, Spider-Man, the animated series and all that good stuff. I just, I love... So you're a Spider-Man guy. I, I love the villains, is what I really like. Venom, so you're, Carnage, you're a great, Doc Ock. You're a great guest to have, then, well, I, for, I, the, for Homecoming. I hope so. <laughs> No, I just mean you've got that background, <laughs> yeah. you know, of really loving the character, and a lot of times I feel like I'm missing that. Yeah, knowing like the kind of the in depth stuff of the comic book stuff because I just know what I've seen. You know, I mean a little bit in television, yeah. but mostly in movies. So. Yeah. So one one thing I always found with uh, with most of the the heroes, especially from Marvel, uh, and it is it isn't like this with all of them, but there are several of them that uh, that have this this kind of frame of mind. Uh, most of your main villains like. You know, Doctor Doom and things of that nature. They have these really big, huge ambitions, right? You know, they want to take over the world, or you know, global domination, all that good stuff. Whereas right. with all several of the bad guys from Spider-Man, you know, they're just like Sandman, for example. Yeah, he just he kind of hates being Sandman. He didn't really want to be Sandman, but at the same time, he he is and. He's like, well, I'm saying, man, so I'm going to use this to my ability or to, to my advantage. Yeah. He like, robs banks and stuff. And part of that whole chemistry and how things work there is really what makes me happy because Spider-Man has a main threat, the main overarching bad guy that he's dealing with, right? Um, his, his big foe that he's working on. And he squares off against him and generally gets thumped, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Somehow they managed to get away. He managed to get away. And there's always this like cool reflecting moment and something else happens. And generally it's this lesser villain that occurs. You know, they're breaking into, like I said, a bank or, you know, knocking over a place or, you know, just generally running amok. And through the course of dealing with that, he suddenly figures out how to deal with the other problem. And then he goes back around. And he has a better idea of doing it again. And I, I Something about that just makes me really happy. You like that formula? Oh, it really yeah, is. Yeah. And that's why whenever I was watching the original three Spider-Mans, I was kind of not happy with it because it was just oh. like him and one other guy. It's like him and his bad guy. And then whenever they got around to Andrew Garfield, you know, you kind of ran into the same thing again because it was just him and like one other dude. And then like the second movie, you had the rhino was in there. And I was super excited that the rhino was going to be in this movie. Because <laughs> same I was like, credits. Yeah. yeah except he wasn't in the movie. <laughs> except he wasn't. And I was really disappointed about it. Um, yeah. You know, so I was, I was pleased with what I saw from Homecoming. I was very happy about uh, everything I saw with it. Um, Spoiler alert. We haven't even got to the review yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even saying it. I'm just saying I'm really <laughs> happy about it. Uh, He's happy that the movie is that exists. Exists. Yeah. yeah. There just, you go. I'm really excited to be here and to talk about it and all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, we're excited to have you for sure. Um, it is going to be a fun conversation. We're going to talk Spider-Man: Homecoming. We're also going to talk Baby Driver because uh, you know, again, I was on vacation last week, so we played uh, you know best of the first half for a podcast. So I'm excited to talk about you know that that came out last week. By the way, uh, we did talk a little bit about Despicable Me Three in the patron only pre-show. So if you are a supporter, you uh, can hear some of that review as well. Uh, in that show, as well as your sift shame, we yeah. talked about there. So that was a good list. <laughs> Thank you. That was an exciting moment. I p- played a little Jedi mind trick. You did on, yeah. on you during you that. Did. So you if you're a patron, did. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, and then, of course, we'll do our buried treasure at the end. We've got a you know sift quest that a listener has put us on. 
But first, we'd like to start with Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world, and I pick a couple topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether we care enough about them to talk about them further. First up, we only have two this week. Okay. I went back two weeks because, you know, we were here. Yeah, I was going to say, you should have a lot to pull from, There is nothing happening right now. No news. But two, one really potentially big thing and then one meh. Let me let me say this. If you're listening live and you've got some, you know, piece of news you want us to talk, you know, ask yeah. if we care about, go ahead and throw it in the chat and uh if, you know, that I looked over. And we can maybe do that for our third. All right. But go ahead. Number 1, and I know we're going to be talking a lot about Marvel today, but I think we need to put DC in the limelight okay. for a second. Warner Brothers is toying with the idea of making a Superman Red Sun film as an offshoot Elseworld film. Interesting. Isn't it? I, admitting my ignorance, I don't even know what that means. I will explain. Okay. So we currently, all know, I don't care, but it's only because I don't know. <laughs> so we all know that uh, uh, Superman crash landed in Kansas, and he grew up the great American hero. Yes. Right, and that's and it's our son that gives him his power. So I'm assuming yes. it has something to do with that. No, it's, <laughs> well, it's all about where he lands. Yeah. In Red Sun, it's Elseworld is kind of the alternate reality for the DC universe. What if this happened? This would have been the other thing. So in Elseworld, Red Sun is Superman crash landing in Russia. Yeah, buddy. And he is the Soviet hero. What? Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah. The Red Sun. Yes. Uh, okay. So it doesn't actually have to do with the big ball in the no, sky. It's S-O-N. The Red ah, Sun. Okay. So is he like, feel like... The, the communist Soviet mm-hmm. Union is the right way, yeah. and so, oh, so it's not truth justice in the American way, yeah. now it's, you know, truth, com- truth communism in the Russian way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That yeah. could be interesting. Yeah, I love... But do you think do you think a, a big a big audience will, like, get that? I, I, I mean, like I said, a... I'm, I'm in pop culture, and I, I wasn't really even familiar with the material. Like I said, they're toying with the idea right now. It's a, it's a great comic series. I don't know if Roper's read it or I, not. It's, I'm familiar with it. I didn't really dive much into it. Yeah. Uh, so there was actually a person in, in your chat. I can kind of see it from over here. And uh, uh, I'm squinting at it here and there. But uh, they asked if I'm DC or Marvel, and it's Marvel. Um, I'm the DC guy. So. Yeah. You're the DC guy. I'm the Marvel guy. Um, it's not that I don't like DC. I do read uh, certain things from DC, and I do you know partake of some of their stuff. DC, in my opinion, has always had better authors but less interesting characters oh, interesting mm-hmm. and that's this is just my opinion yeah. this is just my opinion hey this I've is always... a free space hey. Roper. <laughs> hey now for me andrew will likely tell you you're free to be wrong that's yeah. true and yeah. this is america and he's allowed to be wrong too so um <laughs> Uh, but uh, with with uh, for me again with Marvel, uh, I've always seen them as being more interesting characters, but less quality on the writing. It's but they make they make up for it. There's there's kind of a balance there. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm not knocking anything for DC. Like I said, I enjoy it. Uh, Jareth and I sat around last night for about an hour discussing how uh, you know Batman and most of the villains, not historical ones like uh, you know the the gentleman ghost and things of that nature from like way back when, but like from Joker moving forward, uh, kind of represent mental illness. And we were having this big discussion of what each one of the villains is as far as what you know mental illness is. And, yeah. like that. and it's like, oh, my God, this is super cool. And we had this really long discussion. I'm like, oh, well, who, who would this be? And, like, what would this be? And I, I would find something like this entertaining. Uh, but it reminds me of a buddy of mine who I showed, I sent him a link. Um, uh, it's uh, of what's the uh, the D.C.? Thing it's I believe it's of uh, monsters uh, gods and monsters gods and monsters oh yeah yeah the uh, 
where Batman we're is ba- actually a, a the, vampire. It, where it's the ultimate. It's the that's an Elseworld story. Yeah. As well. See, this is the thing about comic books. They can just do whatever they want. Kinda. It's so yeah. interesting. I I love that actually. I love that they aren't so precious with their IP that they are not willing to do some really weird things. So what I had found was a clip online I'd watched on YouTube where you know it's it, Batman is a it's he's a, a monster vampire. he's a vampire yeah and uh, he actually eats Harley Quinn at the end of the clip it's kind of fantastic but uh, I passed it over to my buddy his name's Josh and he lives out in the middle of nowhere and I was like, dude, this is super cool. Check it out. He actually got angry about it. He was like, no, that's not Batman. <laughs> that's not Batman. Yeah. But you have people that are that, are, that are like that. I'm Batman. Uh, but, you know, I kind of get it. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. The, you don't have to be so rigid with them. Yeah, let them, let, them, let them tell a story. Sometimes they go off in interesting paths and wow. get something new. I love it. So. Yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff for sure. All right, what do we got next? I'm going to bring it back with some Marvel news now. Okay. All right. But it's not Marvel proper. This is Fox Marvel. Okay. The next X-Men movie is going to be X-Men Dark Phoenix, and it will focus more on the story of Jean Grey and the Phoenix Force. Now, they touched on this a little bit in... Apocalypse. Apo- well, they touched on it even Prior before that, that in... Yeah. Was it X2 or... It was, was The Last Stand. It was, the, was it The Last, last stand? stand? Like the end of The Last Stand? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, I mean, she... It's kind of X2 moving forward. It's like tailing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That could be interesting. Is it taking place in the same universe as these previous movies have? It's going to be the Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy universe. Okay. Sophie Turner, who was Jean Grey, is coming back for the character. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm on board. I, I feel like they've kind of lost their you know their step with the last one. You know, I, there's still things I liked about it, but it was just a bit of a yeah. mess for me. Um, but I, I love the X-Men. I think the, for me, if I had to pick, you talk about your favorite superheroes, I'm an X-Men guy. I think the X-Men are, I think it is the most brilliant piece of, of, um, marketing thinking in the comic book universe in that they have a world where they just get to invent superheroes all the time. Like it's just, you know, it doesn't have to be just Superman or Batman. It's like, it's a world where people are becoming it just it makes a lot of sense. It's I love it. So. I get it. My favorite uh, Marvel superhero is an X Men. So yeah, who's that? Gambit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Nightcrawler guy. Are you? He's I get my favorite it. X-Men. Nightcrawler's pretty cool. Yeah. Nightcrawler's really cool. <laughs> uh, the reason why there's not a lot of news this week, I guess I can go ahead and say it is it's either next week or the week after is Comic Con. So everybody's saving all their oh, news holding all their uh, stuff for Comic Con. The so. one thing that did come up in the chat that we can we can mention, uh, sad news is Stan Lee's wife passed away yes. yesterday. Yes. I saw that. Um, you know, speaking of the comic book thing, ninety three, ninety three, seventy years they've been married. Wow. 70 years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, mega props. That's really cool. Uh, so, man, you know, it's one thing It's one thing to talk about how cool it is, you know, to stay married in a world where a lot of people don't stay married. It's another thing just to talk about living long enough to be married <laughs> 70 years. You know, I think you got to get an early start on that if you want to make that happen. Um, yeah. My wife and I got married. I was 20 and she was 21. So we've got... We've got an outside shot. We yeah. just got to live into our nineties, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty awesome stuff. I yeah, I actually about what a year ago, a year and a half ago, concluded a, a divorce and all that good stuff, and yeah. just moving on forward. That's yeah. why I keep myself busy doing all this stuff. Andrew, have you found a? Um, I have how many been married years? to Chef Boyardee since, <laughs> I, <laughs> and we've had a lovely. 
No, that's a great relationship, man. Yeah, well, I love it, man. On, on the 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 twelfth day, the seventh day to die episode that I've been editing, there's a, a part on there where Andrew we're discussing the date that he just went on, and uh, he had to use the uh, the voice from uh, Sling Blade. <laughs> yeah, I was if I ever <laughs> on a, a date, I went on a Tinder date and I used the Sling Blade with. Yeah, I cannot get some mashed potatoes and biscuits. And so we had to get him on there. We had to grill him on whether or not he did it or not. That's that's. So did you? Did you use the sling blade voice? No, she was too nice. Oh, I, my whole world's crashing down. I thought you actually did it. No, we, oh. I, re, I was really going to do it, but she was really nice. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this to her because she was really nervous. Too. She has like, to know the real Andrew, though. Yeah. She has to know the real Andrew. I would have saved that for the next day. Oh, All right. Okay. Second, All yeah. Right. It's, it's, no impressions until the second day. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we have standards. Yeah. <laughs> we have morals. All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. I'm feeling rough. I'm feeling rough. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world. But you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Spider-Man Homecoming. Thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, young Peter Parker returns home and starts to embrace his newfound identity as Spider-Man. He also tries to return to his normal daily routine. Distracted by thoughts of proving himself to be more than just a friendly neighborhood superhero, Peter must soon put his powers to the test when the evil vulture emerges to threaten everything that he holds dear. Uh, Spider-Man making a return, this time in the Marvel Universe proper, uh, and coming back, not really doing an origin story, just kind of telling a Spider-Man story. Uh, Let's start with, did we like it, love it, hate it, it was just okay, didn't like it? What do you think? Andrew, why don't you start? I really liked this movie. Not quite enough to put it into the loved it category? Uh, a couple things I had an issue with, but uh, no, I really liked this movie. Okay, really liked it. What about you, Roper? I'm right there with him. I really liked this, but I don't think I said I'd love it. I I just I just tiptoe right over the edge. I loved this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it, not like super duper, you know, in but I loved this movie. Yeah. And uh I th- so we're all pretty close, I think. I, I just maybe a little notch, you I'm know, like, more. I'm like right there with it. Um I have some some issues as as Andrew was saying. My issues are probably different than yours. Probably. Um yeah. So Well, do we want to talk about what we loved about it first? Please. Sure, let's do it. Um I would start with this. And this I think might be one of those things where some people love this, some people don't. For me, I loved it. The Marvel stuff from the other movies in this movie was like crack cocaine to me. I just ever like the the references that yeah. because they felt organic, they felt real. They felt like this is the real world they're living in. Yep. And I loved that stuff. There was maybe one or two moments where I felt it was a little too wink wink, you know, nudge nudge to it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, um, I, I really loved it. It's just like, you know, I, I know it's a double meaning is intentional in the title, um, but it, it really is a homecoming for Spider-Man to be yeah. in this universe, to have these other people around him. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think that stuff really worked. Did you guys like that stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A little I, bit. I, I think for me, finding those little Easter eggs like that as you're coming across them, some of them are very on the nose and some of them are a little bit more subtle. Um, I, I, it's, it shows continuity. Yeah, and that's it, it the thing. It brings everything all together, and you're able to look at it and go, all of these things impact these other things. The fact that, uh, you know, 
when he's when he's filming with a cell phone, mm-hmm. that whole montage right there, whenever you're first going through with, with him, uh, I loved everything about that because it kind of brought everything back around. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, this is, it's not just shoehorned in here. Right. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked that stuff. You said you liked it for the most part. Yeah, uh, there's a cameo from one character who keeps, he's a recurring, you know, part of the movie. And I think he was overused a little too much to the point where it really. Distracted- if you're talking about who I think you're talking about, I totally disagree. I loved no, every time that happened. <laughs> I like the fact that he was in the movie, but I think he was used too much and it took away from it being a full on Spider-Man movie. Okay, we may be talking about different people, yeah. so that's fine. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. I actually, actually now think we're talking about different yeah. people. So I was I was worried uh, that Tom Holland in his performance in Civil War was a fluke and that he wouldn't be able to carry a full movie. Right. I was so wrong. He's so good. So good. I mean, he is the Spider-Man from the comics that, you know, he's brought to life that character from the pages and his mannerisms and... You know how he is a superhero, but he's still struggling with trying to be a kid. I and I love that part of it, and yeah. I think it is a crucial part of the Spider-Man story is that he's fifteen. He's in high school. Yeah. I have a fifteen-year-old. Like you know, in in one of the things I'm watching this movie, I'm going, "Oh my goodness, a movie is getting high school right." Like these are high schoolers. I often watch movies and they portray high school, and it's like those are college kids, you know, or like <laughs> if you look at like not, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, they're way too young to be playing that or too old to be playing. That well, and character. it's not just the look. I mean, the stuff they're talking about, yeah. the, you know, the attitudes they have, like these yeah. kids act like high school kids. And I loved that. It felt like a real high school environment. There, there's yeah. a moment of dialogue. Um, so it's not really giving anything away, but there's a moment of dialogue, which to me really, really struck me as that's a, that, a, that is a child. Mm-hmm. And it's when Spider-Man, Peter Parker is talking with Tony Stark and Tony Stark says he's 14 and mm-hmm. he immediately snaps back and he's like, I'm 15. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, that is something, a, that is something a child does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially in those moments. Cause I've had that discussion with, with one of my, with one of my kids and I'm like, you know, you're, you're six years old and they're like, I'm seven. <laughs> I'm six and a half. I'm yeah. six Thank and you. a half. They, I mean, when do you stop counting halves on, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's one of those things that that's what kids do. They want to be older. And then somewhere in there, you get to a point where you just you're not at wanting to be older again, and then suddenly you start wanting to be younger again, <laughs> and suddenly you're, you know you're like uh, I don't want to talk about my age or you know some you know not everybody does it that way, but for the most part, yeah, it's you know it's it's kind of like I said, it's a very kid thing to do, and throughout this entire movie, you know, it's him coming into his powers. I mean, we know from basically the timeline of what it is we're looking at. I mean, you got people that are on the streets who don't even know who he is. They just call him the spider guy from YouTube and right. yeah, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And so they don't they don't know it's he's not a brand name at this point in time. Nobody knows of him really. I mean, there are some that do. Um, but all of this is really, really early on in his career. So he's still figuring out himself. He's still inside his head. He's still struggling with being in school and dealing with people and you know, he's not coming to his own yet. He's not who we, we're familiar with. And that's and that's the whole theme of the movie, and that's why it works, because it feels so real. And so all of that um, stuff about wanting to be older than you are, wanting to experience things that it's not time for you to experience yet, the maturity stuff, all that stuff works because we believe he's 15. Yeah. We believe this is a high schooler who wants to be older, wants to be doing, wants to be playing with the big boys, but he's not ready. And that's that's really cool stuff. Right. And I liked the, the kind of the father-son you know, dynamic between Stark and Spider-Man. I thought that was really cool. So um, I liked a lot of those themes as well. What else? The giant man-child trying to play dad. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun stuff. 
Speaking of performances, another performance I loved was Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah, he was great. I don't think I've invested this much in a Marvel villain in a very long time, since maybe Loki, uh, because I was blown away by the character development that was being done on screen. Oh, yeah. You understand why this character does what he does. And the thing I don't like about Marvel movies, and they got it right here, is that this person is a villain because of movie reasons. You understand why this character is doing what they're doing. You're saying that's not the case here, right? That is not the case here. There are legitimate reasons. Yeah, there are legitimate reasons why he is the villain, and it makes you care about the movie more. Yeah. People think that as long as your hero is good and you just know that the other person's bad... That's all you need. I think that if you understand where both of these characters are coming from, it makes it a more exciting story. Well, it adds nuance too. There's yeah. nuance to his vulture character that is that is real, almost heartbreaking in some ways. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I I completely agree with what you're saying. I should also say about Tom Holland. I meant to mention this. Anybody else get young Michael J. Fox vibes off him? Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm watching this movie. I'm going. This is w- would be like Back to the Future era. Michael J. Fox played Spider Man. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to you know to think of that. Yeah. Now, uh, on, on the note of uh, the vulture, uh, I, I'm I had a hard time with this because I like like what you're saying. I loved his performance, but not only is the vulture one of Spider-Man's eldest villains. Are we going back to like comic, comic book books? knowledge? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Well, not only is he one of his eldest villains, so he's like he's supposed to be an old guy. He's also been around since. Issue two, I believe, is whenever you first see wow. him. Okay, so he's been, he's like, he's the one of the oldest villains, and he is the oldest villain. Sure, okay? yeah. He's also really, really, really sadistic at times. And the vulture just kind of preys off of people. He's actually pretty warped, and as a result of it, uh, doubles, so we see the beginning him, of possi- the possibility of that becoming. Well, the, I, it's he- slow. And and I think that that's part of what makes it work for me, especially with this, is because this is also really new and early on for the Vulture as well. You know, all of this is, you know, within the past eight years. He had this thing that occurs, and and then eight years later is kind of where this story is supposed to be taking place. And, you know, it's all still brand new. So maybe he hasn't got to the point of what it is that I'm referring to. Perhaps when we see him again, if we see him again, um, we see him more volatile as we've seen in other iterations of, of the vulture because he's he's pretty mean. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um, none of that has anything directly to do with the movie because the movies are a separate cinematic universe than, than the comic. Th- than the comics. So right. as a comic book loving fan, uh, I guess my question would be, do you separate the two or you do you hold it against the movie when it doesn't give you the version of something you know from the comic books? Never once have I held anything like that against a movie because I recognize that there are, as what Andrew was saying with uh, with uh, Red Sun, you know, there are other iterations of these things. And it's the same story being told over and over and over again. But with with this, no, I don't I don't sit there and go, oh, you did a bad thing. Right. But does it impact your enjoyment? No, no. OK, all. good. Not good, at all. Good. I just look at it and I go every other iteration I've seen of him. He is so much more. And we, I've not I, as best I recall. I don't, I don't I think we've ever seen anything with his family before. Um, so, you know, all of that is kind of one of the things where it's like, OK, yeah. And that's why I was blindsided by kind of some of the story arc pieces that come later on. Sure. Um, you know, it. it it's really cool, and I love what they've done with it, but no, I don't hold it against it. Any other pros before we move on to some of our cons? It's the coolest Spider-Man suit ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Not cooler than the comic books. I guess I'll say this. I don't, this isn't a spoiler unless it's considered a spoiler from the last Avengers movie. But Tony Stark designs Spider-Man's suit. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. It makes so much more sense than a high school kid figuring out how to design a high-tech suit. Yeah. And I just, I love the fact. It's one of those beautiful things about being in the full Marvel universe that they can make that make sense in that way. Yeah. yeah. Because that actually makes a lot of sense. The way they play the suit in this movie, I think, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. The suit's one of the best characters in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Without giving anything away, that's absolutely true. Well, I, I wasn't going down that road. I mean, like, you know, him him discovering what the suit sure. is capable of and everything, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's been... In in comic book world, they had uh, they have a version where Iron Man gives him a suit where it's got uh, four extra arms. Oh, so nice! Yeah, he's got his appendages and then the four that come off the suit itself. Yeah. And yeah, it's super cool. That, I think that's probably one of my favorite versions of the Spider Man suit. Now, the Spider Man twenty ninety nine is obviously my favorite, yeah. uh, but that's just me. Ready uh, for some cons? Yeah, let's talk about some cons. Some of the things you didn't like. We were a little oversaturated with characters in this movie. There were, I think that there were too. There many were a people. lot. There were too but many. They were people. also good. They were good, but at the same time, some characters did not get the screen time either they deserved or enough for their character to develop enough for me to care about them. Right, but aren't those the ones you think that they're probably building up for future movies? I think that if you're going to do that, have a much more, have a way better platform for them to stand on so that whenever you see them in a later movie it actually makes sense as opposed to just hey this is a character they might be in a movie later on well why even bother having them in this movie at all that starts to plant some seeds and they do serve a purpose in the story themselves a little bit but i i see what you're i see what you're saying yeah um mainly from the villain side to the point, uh, that's a spoiler. I can't say that. Never yeah, mind. let's 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 table this yeah. for spoilers because I want to talk about some specific characters that show their you know uh, their face here or there yeah. throughout this movie. Here, here's my big uh, con, and then I'm done with cons. When I look at Marissa Tomei, I don't see Aunt May. Just can't can't I, buy I, it. I see Marissa Tomei. I, that's not to me. She doesn't have that. I don't know what it is. Do you guys see? I think she's fine. I think she's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't think. I mean, I don't think she's great. Like, I wouldn't. I don't look at her performance and go, "Oh, that's such a great Aunt May." Yeah. But I also don't look at it like I feel like like you look at it, which is like uh, I'm just distracted. I've yeah. had that experience with some characters before. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like you know, I just can't. I just can't get the, that. That's you know, especially with voice acting. Sometimes it just yeah. it just doesn't feel like oh, that's obviously you know such and such an actor. It's not necessarily the character on screen. So yeah, I know what you're feeling. I, I haven't necessarily felt it myself though. Those are my two cons. What do you guys got? Uh, for me, I did suffer towards the end of the movie from some suspension of disbelief issues. Uh, I just wasn't able to buy some of the, and not in the way like we're in, obviously, you know, superhero world. Right. There's things you take, you know, just as a given. But in the world itself, there were some things that didn't make sense to me, and I couldn't understand. I will talk about them in spoilers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, specifically. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, because, yeah, there were that that last scene, which I loved for a lot of reasons, had a lot of things in it where I'm like, no, no, that wouldn't happen. No, that wouldn't happen that way. Yeah. Not not in the Avengers universe I know. You know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so there was a little bit of that. That was one thing that kind of distracted me. It was very minor, though. Like I said, you yeah. know, overall, I had a great time. Did you have any negatives you want to talk about? I don't have a whole lot of negatives to, to throw out that won't necessarily dive into the meat of some things i i like i said uh i think 
part of my 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 hang up on things is just kind of it's Peter Parker is is a genius. Okay, uh, it's kind of a given. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's explored end over end. He's a genius because of the spider bite, right? He no, wasn't a genius no. before he got this. He was no, a genius he, before. Yeah. He got, okay, he, good. That's good for me to know. I had forgotten yeah, that. He, he's 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 just he's just a smart, smart dude. Kid. Yeah, that's just kind of what it is. Um, but there were some things that he did where I have a hard time separating between, okay, you're a genius, but you're also 15. So maybe right. you're just a dumb 15 year old. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a difference, right? Between so, intellectualism and street smarts. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of me reaching at stuff. I know bit. it does feel like I'm having to nitpick to, to find the negatives. There weren't really any big overarching negatives for yeah. me. Uh, and like I said, you know, I, I think they did the, the, the vulture wonderfully. I think they did, you know, most of your other characters wonderfully. I think that Spider-Man was fantastic. So I, I don't have any complaints with any of those things. Um, so whenever I'm looking at the whole overall story, I can't dive into those things. Instead, I have to backtrack and go, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you guys have one more thing? Anything else before we move on I have, to Baby Driver? I have a one more thing in the question for you guys real quick. Oh. Sure. Uh, the question is, uh, we've had two Marvel movies this year, Guardians 2 and this one. Which one do you rank higher? <sighs> um, Guardians is my best movie of the year really? so far till this one. Um, this is now your best movie of the year. Well, I'm I'm debating that okay. right now. <laughs> you put uh, on the spot. You put me on the spot, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I am debating between an A and an A minus for Spider-Man: Homecoming okay. uh, right now. I have not landed um, completely. Uh, I think Guardians overall was still a more fun experience with me. However, I will say there are more obvious flaws in Guardians than there are in Spider-Man: Homecoming. So that might give it a little bit of an edge. So I, I'm debating. I don't know. You still on the fence then, huh? Yeah. yeah. Roper? Interesting. Uh well for me it it's it's close race. It's very close race. But I personally like Guardians of the Galaxy two mm. uh over this, but it's like I said, it's just barely past it. And the only reason is because and of course I've had this discussion with you, I felt like Guardians of the Galaxy two gave them an opportunity to go, Okay, all right, we've established who these guys are. We know these things because we did all that in Guardians of the Galaxy one. So in this one we were able to do further uh, character development and drawing them all together and things of that nature. And, and like I said, it's part of that story development that I really, yeah. really liked. No, I agree. What about you, Andrew? For me, it's not even, it's kind of close, but uh, definitely Spider-Man. Yeah. Guardians. You didn't like guardians as much as I did. No, I didn't. He um, didn't, he didn't he, same here. I was well past him on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two on one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my one last thing is we went and saw this in IMAX laser and they did not show it in 3d, which I loved that they didn't show this in 3d. You know, it's so funny. I actually had the opposite reaction <laughs> really? during the specifically during the, uh, Washington monument scene. Mm. I was like, oh, this would have been killer in 3D. Yeah. Because those are the times 3D shines when there's drastic distance differences and you can feel the height of something yeah. in a different way. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, it was fine. I mean, it was great. It was gorgeous, obviously. Um, there were a lot of night scenes in this movie, which I don't know how that would lend to 3D, you know, with glasses sure. and everything. Because yeah, yeah. it is a dark movie, literally a dark movie. A yeah. lot of it takes place at night. Not like Batman. <laughs> no, no. Not like that. <laughs> Not that kind of dark. Uh, my one more thing is, uh, I loved the sidekick character, the yeah. sidekick, oh, Peter's so best good. friend. Uh, he was, he was one of my favorites. I'm sure I'll talk more about him in spoilers, but, um, man, he was good. He was so fun. <laughs> I just loved it. And that's another thing. Mar- again, I say it every time. Marvel just knows how to do fun. Yeah. And this movie was so fun. So much joy. Do you have one more thing you want to say about no, that? No, I, th- I think it's pretty, uh, pretty much on point with what it is I was needing. All right. Well, let's move on to Baby Driver. What is your name? Baby. 
Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y Baby. It's one who say listen to the music all the time. Is he uh, mental? Mental meaning slow. Was he slow? No. He had an accident when he was a kid. Still has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. Baby Driver, talented getaway driver Baby, played by Ansel Elgort, relies on the beat of his personal soundtrack to be the best in the game. After meeting the woman, played by Lily James, of his dreams, he sees a chance to ditch his shady lifestyle and make a clean break. Coerced into working for a crime boss, played by Kevin Spacey, Baby must face the music as a doomed heist threatens his life, love, and freedom. Baby Driver comes to us from Edgar Wright, uh, who did the Cornetto Trilogy, did Scott Pilgrim, almost did Ant-Man, uh, has done many things that we love here at Sif Pop. Here's the question. Did we love Baby Driver? Uh, we'll go with liked it, loved it, didn't like it, hated it, or it was just okay. I'll start this time. Uh, I am, again, almost exactly where I was with Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, just tiptoeing right over into the loved it category. Uh, only, only tiptoeing? Only tiptoeing, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, just jumping headlong into this <laughs> thing. Firmly I'm in the love. I'm on in love with this Great. thing. I'm nose diving in the love. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't care if we're good. I don't care if we're diving so, into you know like a natural gonna... spring cold water. I'm just in yeah. this. It this could, is it could be hear. a foot of water. I'm nose diving into this thing. <laughs> I loved this movie. This this is this is this is a good thing. This happened before. Here's what happens. You guys love it so much. Yep. I love it too. But because I love it a little less than you, people are like, "Why do you hate the movie? <laughs> yep. Why don't you like Baby Driver? See, I love Baby Driver. It was, re- it was. It's good. It's so good. It really is good. I Edgar Wright is such a talented dude. Yeah. Uh, let's go into some specifics. Uh, specifically, what did you guys love about it? Where you're diving headlong into the Edgar Wright love fest, man. For me, I, I think it was. So I don't. I don't buy a whole lot of on-screen love connections and things of that nature, but. Watching uh, Deborah yeah. and Baby, I was like, those two, man, she's like all about him. Yeah. Like, that was everything about it was just like on fire. I loved every bit of it. It was yeah. great. There was a scene specifically where when he comes walking in, I'll get to it later, but whenever he comes walking in, she like straightens up a little bit and like she like yeah. actually brightens. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. good chemistry there for sure. That is textbook chemistry between I, love. I will say, and this this is this is not necessarily something I felt, but I'm also a dude. It really is a dude perspective on relationships, though. Uh, I can imagine as a female not liking her role in this movie because it really is you. I worship the ground you walk on. You make me happy. I'll do anything you want. You know, there there isn't a lot. She doesn't really. But he have does her that own. for her as well. Yeah. Eh, no, he but does. It's from, oh, but it's from up. his perspective. I'm just telling you that I I can guarantee you there are already think pieces being written. On the gender part of Baby Driver, you know, because there aren't really uh, any strong females in the movie. Challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch any of the heists? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that in spoilers, I guess. I love the attention to detail in this movie. The way it's choreographed around that phenomenal soundtrack is one of my favorite things about the film. Uh, Edgar Wright, his specialty is taking sound bites from the background and moving them to the forefront and actually making them a part of the story, whether it be an elevator ding or, you know, just funny sounds in the background. That's like, that is textbook Edgar Wright. And it works every single time. I don't know how I get giddy about that kind of stuff with every (laughs) single, like it's really evident in, in a Scott Pilgrim. There's a lot of background noises that make their way to the forefront. Love it. 
Yeah, well, he's so great. At, and I, I think I can help you define why you get so giddy about it. Uh, it is something that musicals have done forever. And this, by the way, I've said this on Twitter. I'll say it again here. This is a musical. Yes, is, I mean, it, it is reality. a musical where the characters don't sing, but the mo- but the movie does. Yeah, I can uh, buy that. It it is it uses the same suspension of disbelief that musicals use, where you're willing to buy things in the world that aren't necessarily real because they go with the feel of what the music is doing and what's going on, those kind of things. And that is where that giddiness comes from: is that heightened reality where everything it's satisfying is in, it's so satisfying it's yeah. that that thing of walking into a room with you know your favorite song playing and you feel like you're you know yeah, you're living everything it. is in sync with what it is you're doing yep. yeah it's exactly. finding like the perfect thing that fits just i just plug straight in there it just it's just perfect and and that's for me that's what drives me up because i'm the same way i'm like yeah and it like tickles me and it makes me giddy it's fantastic. I love that sense of all of the, this this pull together, this continuity of all of the things, the music, the action, the story, yep. all of it's just all parallel. Oh yeah, and that and that is so much fun. There's just so much fun to be had there mm-hmm. with the what what's done with the music here and the types of songs he's using for these musical yeah. set pieces are just brilliant. He doesn't dance with his body, he dances with his car. <laughs> Come on, that is the coolest thing ever so let's go straight into this you mentioned the car uh the chase scenes in this are phenomenal some of the best the i will say this it does uh it does go downhill like the best chasing is the first chasing yes would you disagree with that no i think i think that first chasing is Uh, amazing some of the stuff he does with the car in that is so perfect and it's not just it's not just what he's doing with the car it's also the way it's shot it's also again how it works with the music it's all that coming together and see uh i have only watched um the first uh fast and the furious okay i I just i watched it and i was like yep okay that's good uh that's pretty much done me up for all those movies and i've never had the desire to watch the other ones and i understand that andrew loves those things no i think there's only two or three good ones all right so i i just i've never ever felt the need to um but when you watch something like that and then you watch something like this the editing where you know the car is racing and he's shifting gears and things that nature some of the way that's done in like the fast and the furious or you know whatever it kind of takes you out of that you know it takes you out of the actual rush of things and puts you in the cab with them and to me, that kind of slows it down a little bit. Whereas with this, the way everything was done was high pace and really just on the edge of your seat. And I yeah. loved it. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty incredible stuff. The only time where I felt like the movie almost lived up to that first chase. By the way, there are other great chases. They just don't quite live up to that first one. Yeah. But the other one that worked for me actually wasn't a car chase. It was a chase on foot. Yeah. There's this the foot chase. I haven't seen a good foot chase in a movie <laughs> yep. in years. And it was so good. Like, it's just, he totally, whoever it is, whether it's, you know, from the storyboard artist to Edgar Wright to the cinematographer, all of them working together, they understood how to make you both on the edge of your seat and also giddy with how fun it was to watch it unfold. I just, I thought it was, it was brilliant. So yeah, there are those moments of high, high highs, you know, during this movie. There's not a single miscast person in this entire movie. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Everybody is on their A-game and better than I thought they could ever be. I don't look at Ansel Elgort and say, you are a leading man in an action movie. I can now. But he's perfect for this role. Yes. Like, for exactly who this character needs to be, that's who he's perfect for. John Hamm is amazing. Jamie Foxx is almost on another level. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was ridiculous. He hasn't been this good since... uh, Collateral. Since Collateral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, woo. 
And it I love good. Yep. And not only is Ham good, he's doing something different than he's ever done before. This is yeah. a different type of character for him. I was really impressed. I think this is the best John Ham's ever been. I I might agree with that. Probably, I don't. Out of every single person, I think it's because I already have him on such a high level. But I think Kevin Spacey, as good as he was, he didn't blow me away like the others did because I didn't know the others had that potential in them. Maybe Jamie Foxx. But even Jamie Foxx was on his upper echelon of acting performance. Kevin Spacey was phenomenal, but he's been phenomenal for a while, so I don't like, okay, yeah, you're still phenomenal. We get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a diss, but it's really not. It's just, you know, uh, constantly good. Yeah, it's consistency. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention in the pros was um, I love, and we'll talk maybe more about this in spoilers, but I love the the way this movie handles consequences. I love the way it handles the reality of the crime or the world, and I really, really appreciated that the overall theme of this movie is about escape. And not just escape from a bank heist, but escape from a lifestyle and what escape really looks like in real life. Um, and it, it drops those seeds through the entire movie, through his relationship with his foster dad, uh, which I thought was really beautiful. Um, it starts dropping those seeds early about what it means to escape. And I, I really thought that was smartly done. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Any other pros you guys want to mention before we hit some... So. I was taking a college course a couple of years ago and I was learning a little bit of sign language and something I learned from my sign language teacher was um, there are people who uh, within the deaf community that whenever they go out and watch a movie, they don't want to watch like a slow movie. They love action films mm-hmm. and I'm watching this and I'm like in my head, I was like, yeah, this, this would be like really cool. I was, I was thinking about actually telling her about this and then he goes home and it's the the guy's living with. He's, yeah, the foster he's, dad. He's yeah. deaf. Yeah, and he signs, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> I love everything about this. Yeah, no, it, it definitely touches on that in I think a really meaningful way. Yeah, so I I think the movie handles it well. It makes the pacing of the movie just that much better too, because you have such high octane craziness with these chases, but at the same time, whenever you need the movie to slow down a bit, it does. The movie's perfectly paced. Yeah. And it gets you, you know, calmed down just enough for the next thing that's going to take you over the edge. And then it calms down. It's the perfect. It is paced really well. Perfect wave of fluidity throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, do you guys have any negatives or do you want me to, to throw mine out? I literally do not have a single negative about okay. this movie. I, I have a negative, but it's a story specific thing. So. so is mine. We'll have to talk about it in spoilers, but I think it's a decent sized negative. Yeah. And it may be the one thing, the reason, I mean, like I said, the highs are high. I love, the stuff I love about this movie, I love it. But this one negative I have, it does seem like a big deal to me. So, uh, And I wanted to talk about it, but it has to do with character motivations and mm. I think some of them don't really make sense, yeah. especially towards the end. My, so I want to talk about it with you guys. So we'll do that during spoilers. My, but, mine, is, mine is plot specific. Mm-hmm. And when we get to it, uh, I, I feel like this thing, even though it's not exactly the scenario, happens in both Baby Driver as well as in Spider-Man Home. Oh, nice. Yeah. A little so, synchronicity. Yeah. So like, whenever I watched uh, uh, Spider-Man last night, I was like, hey, they did the same thing. That's yeah. what that was, and part of it, and you know, and of course, I've discussed it with, like, say, with Jareth, and he was like, "You're just reading into things," and just kind of blew it off. <laughs> he disagrees with me on everything, every chance he gets. Nice. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that with you guys because I'd love to hear your opinions on it. So we'll mm. definitely hit that up on spoilers. Overall, though, I have to say, I was not. I, I went in expecting something good because I'd heard you know just good buzz from friends, and it blew my expectations away. Oh, I was, absolutely. I, this this is a movie designed for me. You know, there's things to think about in this movie. There's themes in this movie, and it, you know the heightened reality stuff. I love musicals. Yep. And it gives me a lot of those same feelings that like La La Land gave me where it's just the beauty of this world and how it works together and how the songs go together. Um, yeah, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. So uh, it's still a recommend for me, even with one, I think decent negative that we'll talk about more yeah. in spoilers. So is that your one last thing? Sure. That'll be my one last thing. You got one last thing. Movie of the year. Easily. Oh, I, agree. I agree. Easily movie if of the year. If this doesn't win like a bunch of awards, uh, later, yeah, oh, definitely. I don't, I don't know I don't that think this is going to win awards. Just because it's not that style of movie right. that wins I, the I awards, I, I still think that it should. That's it, just me. It's one of those movies that you know they every single year for the just for the Oscars they throw in one movie that's like oh so you're throwing in that they did it with like District Nine and stuff like that. Hell or High Water, yeah, Hell or High Water. This is that type of movie where it's going to get some nominations. Probably for choreog or not chore but a cinematography it could, um, but uh, I don't think it can win anything. It should, it should, <laughs> it should win them all. It should win. It should win Oscar. Yes, it just gets well, Oscar. Can yes. we just say there's still six months to go in this year? You eh. never know what Hollywood's going to throw your way. In less than a month, we have the Dark Tower too. So that's it, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say 2017 is is looking up lately. Uh, you know what I mean? Like Spider Man Homecoming is great. Baby Driver is nice. great. Yeah. So it, and Wonder Woman was great. So we're kind of getting into a nice place where Lego Batman was fun. <laughs> John Wick. Well, that was too. earlier John this Wick year. Too. Those were earlier this Split, year. Split. Get out. Gifted. I understand, but those were like the seeds of awesomeness <laughs> that happened amongst all the you know the mediocrity that I was the first was, four months of the year. I think it was like April and May. It was pretty rough for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this whew, movie of the year. So, so I think we'd all recommend it. Yeah, I think so. Check out Baby Driver. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. Before we get to our Sift Quest, I did want to remind you that this is on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is a fully fan-funded podcast network through Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Uh, giving starts at 3 bucks a month. Comes with some really fun perks. Uh, I will say this as well. Uh, one of the other podcasts on the network, Shoe the Dough, has been on hiatus for a while because my co-host was having a baby. Well, she's back in Tuesday. Shoe the Dough will be back. So you can listen to it live or in your podcast feed. And by the way, every podcast on the network is in a special donor-only podcast feed that when you become a supporter of the network, uh, you get access to. It has all the bonus episodes as well that you can only hear there. For instance, in this one, we talked about Roper's Sift Shame as well as a little bit of Talk on Despicable Me 3. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Huge thanks to Daniel, who supported uh, since last time we chatted. In fact, Daniel uh, wanted to give three bucks a month to help out with what goes on here. That's awesome. Thank you. But he said, you know what? Actually, let's go ahead and do $10 a month. So Daniel, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Means the world to us, and we literally could not do these podcasts without you. So thanks. Time for the Sift Quest, guys. Uh, this is where we go on a quest given to us by our listeners, whether it be to solve a debate, answer a question, have some fun dealing with movies or whatever. Uh, if you'd like to leave a Sift Quest for us, by the way, you can email us at feedback at siftpop.com or you can tweet at me. Just look for at Aaron Dicer on Twitter. Uh, today's Sift Quest is from So the Dane via Twitter. Here's what he says. Because reasons... 
You've been granted the ability and funding to become a supervillain and construct your own evil lair. What is your power set, nemesis, and evil lair? You can create your own or mix and match with existing fiction, but bonus points for creating your own. Uh, you guys ready for this? I'm excited. I I, I, th- I think I've got the good idea of, of what this is, so yeah. Okay, all right. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? My character's name? Yes. General Grav. <laughs> okay. Former military and accidental experiment gave me the powers to control gravity. I wanted to be a hero, but society and my country shunned me. Now I am their nightmare. My lair is in an underwater base at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. <laughs> nice. My nemesis is Lady Justice. <laughs> A blind heroine who judges evildoers. Nice. I like it. Bravo. Bravo. Roper, you want to go next? Or you want me to go? I'll go. All right. What do you I'll got? Go. So uh, the superpower that I came up with was I have the ability to see the future. Ooh. Okay. So at all points in time, I what's know the what's, name of the villain? What's, what's going to happen? Uh, I, I called him Third Eye. Okay. Just because I thought that it was on point with him seeing the, the future, right? All right. Um, and his arch nemesis is a clone of himself who views himself as the thing that's wrong. So the both of them are constantly seeing just one step ahead. And because the thing that I do is bad, the other one sees what it's potentially going to occur and tries to stop that from being a thing. So I'm Ah. literally my own enemy. It's kind of flash reverse flash a little bit, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, kind of the, that's cool. I like so that. So I'm constantly in the way of myself. What's what's your layer? Do you have your layer all decked out? Well, that's the thing because we each know where each other are all of the time. Have you seen the uh, the episode of Rick and Morty where they split time? Yes. And yeah. he starts shooting the gun. Yeah. He's think about getting in the cl- the cabinet but don't really get in the cabinet. <laughs> so he's constantly like moving around trying not to be where the other one predicts him to be. Nice. Yeah. So he's he's just kind of this homeless, weary guy that's out there, you know, acting crazy because he's crazy, but he's not really crazy. Wow, very I nice, love it. Aaron. Um, uh, my character could be like maybe called like the gambler, okay, or maybe even just like uh, the dice man or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, something that involves gambling. Uh, I would have a randomized grouping of miscellaneous superpowers. That manifest in slot machine fashion. Oh lord! <laughs> so basically, I would have three squares, like on my, you know, in my layer on my suit or something. And when I needed a superpower, <laughs> I it would randomize, and then whatever the three that came up would be the powers that I had for that battle or See, for that, the next day or so. Just gonna make terrifying. sure you carry a bag of quarters around with you and, so, a, and a parachute. <laughs> Because if right? you manage to get flying, so what it is, what it is, is a tribute. This villain loves chaos. He loves anarchy. He okay. loves when there is no foundation, when everything's random. Uh, because what this allows is not only does he not know what he's going to be able to do, but the opposing superhero who's trying to stop him has no idea what he's in for. Right? Has no idea what to prepare for. So there's no way. So everything is random. Everything is chance. Uh, and so, you know, I, that's, I figured the layer would be, the front would be a casino in Las Vegas and then the layer would be underneath. And, uh, I I love everything about what you're saying. And yeah. So, so that would be my, and then my, uh, what was it? Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. My nemesis would be the reason and their superpower (laughs) would be to create peace through logical thinking and dialogue. (laughs) Uh, Someone up here said uh, that your catchphrase would have to be time to roll the dice. There you go. That's the one. I'm I'm on board with all of this. So that's that's my that's my supervillain. I think we all have pretty good stories. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Now, well, the reason I said you have to have a parachute is because if you like 
get the ability of flight. Yeah. And then you no longer have the ability of yeah. flight. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a risky re-roll. <laughs> yeah, the gambler be. would be all about that, though. He'd yeah, be like, like, let's be risk all, it. Just let's do, do it. it. Ooh, I just thought of something cool for my storyline. General Grav and Lady Justice, father-daughter. Oh. Just a fighter dad. Nice. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, So the Dane. That's a great, fun question. If you'd like to uh, put us on a SIFT quest, all you got to do is let us know. You can email us at feedback at siftpop.com or hit me up on Twitter. It's at Aaron Dicer. And if your question or whatever feels a little too long for Twitter, feel free to DM me. That's fine. I, you know, I have my DMs open on Twitter, so uh, you can do it that way as well. All right. We're finishing up with some buried treasure, guys. What's that one thing in the area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about today? I'll go ahead and start. Um, I've got a podcast that just came back for season two that is one of my favorite things to listen to. It's called Revisionist History. Uh, do you know who Malcolm Gladwell is? Sounds very familiar. Done some amazing books. He's a great thinker, great writer. And basically this podcast is his him just looking at the world around him, taking something and then going on a deep dive on it and really thinking about it. The first episode this season was about uh, golf courses in Los Angeles County and how they're paid for by the taxpayer and different things and about, you know, why why do golf courses get to take up that much of a percentage of the this really expensive land, yeah. you know, in this expensive, you know, real estate area. Just really interesting stuff for me. And so I'd highly recommend it. But it's season two. The first season's well worth a listen to as well. But I think there are about three episodes into season two. So it's called Revisionist History. Roper, you want to go? So I you know, I've done some uh, some thinking on this, and the only thing that I know of, as far as like something that's not big and popular and stuff like that, because I, let's be honest, I dive into what's all big and popular because they're a lot of fun. Um, but the only thing that I ever get into that's kind of falls outside of that is a series of books that uh, my buddy wrote, uh, my buddy Doug Roberts, um, and it's called uh, Ragnarok Rising, and he wrote a series of books that take place here in the Ozarks. Uh, it's a zombie apocalypse that occurs here in the Ozarks. It's actually really cool. He's got uh, five books out for that. So nice, but they're a lot of fun to read. Cool. Not it doesn't hurt to mention that I'm one of the characters kind what? of in, in, in the story. So you know, you're famous. Not really. You're he, famous. Guy, guys, based off of me and like one other person, an and, amalgam. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I've I have personally found whenever I'm writing that the best way to write a character is like you base it on like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two I know three, somebody. Yeah. Two or three people because it's like you are who I'm gunning for. But when you try to put that to paper, sometimes they're too two dimensional. Mm-hmm. So you need a little. You're bit. saying I'm boring. I get it. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, it's not just you. You know, there's more to Andrew than just the mustache. But uh, <laughs> no, no, about that. Uh, sometimes he does the uh, the sling blade voice, and that's that, right. That makes See, him, mm-hmm. that makes him three dimensional. Now, Rand- Savage Randall, on the other hand, yeah. that's a character. That is a character. That man is a character. What are they called again? What's the series? Uh, Ragnarok Rising. Ragnarok Rising. What about you, Andrew? My buried treasure for this week is a foreign language movie I've been wanting to watch for a very long time. Finally got around to watching it, and it's great. The movie is called Amelie. Oh, cool. I'd never seen it before, and it's great. It's Uh, so good. She is adorable on like (laughs) nine different levels. I just want to hang out with her because she seems like she would be the funnest person ever. Now, I don't know if... I've read different articles on this, so I don't know if this is true or not. Did the traveling gnome, the Travelocity Traveling Gnome originate from this movie, or was that like a prank that people were doing before this? What, traveling... Like gnomes? You know, the Travelocity Gnome that goes around? Yeah. Have you... You've seen Amelie? Yeah. Okay, so you know how she steals her dad's garden gnome? Right. And she gives it to people to take around the world and like have pictures in front of it and sends them to her dad like... 
what is my gnome doing in Rome? <laughs> what is my gnome doing in New York City? The gnome in Rome. Yeah, so people are saying that the Travelocity gnome originated from this movie, but then other articles are saying that it, it was a prank people were doing before that they just implemented into this movie. So there's always been the prank of taking yard decorations yeah. and then moving them around, you know, taking them from one person's yard and putting them in another, or, you know, taking a hundred forks and sticking them in somebody's lawn. To or, kill the lawn. Yeah, or, or whatever the case. <laughs> like, there are lawn pranks, yeah. and yeah. gnome pranks certainly are amongst lawn pranks that have existed for, you know, a long time. However... She sends that gnome around the world. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, a little bit of a new take on that, kind of, you know, the extreme yeah. of that idea, so... So, uh, I didn't mention it earlier whenever I was doing my introduction, um, but I was a cop for 10 years. Um, a buddy of mine who was an officer with me, <laughs> they, they get a call one night. They, uh, somebody called in and said, hey, somebody dumped a bunch of phone books in my, in my yard. And, of course, you know, we're like, okay. Just <laughs> You've been pranked. Throw them away. Yeah, right? clean them up. Yeah, we drove over there, and someone very clearly used a dump truck. And they dumped a dump truck worth of phone books in this guy's yard. It was amazing how like many, hundreds. It was they, they, we could climb the mound and be like two or three people above the that is on epic. The ground. It was huge, just this giant pile of phone books. I wow. have no idea who has that many phone books on hand, but one of those phone books on one of the pages, in like you know stuffed in the pages. Is a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Man, they should have just left that envelope somewhere and like just just with instructions. Yeah. But really don't Hitting put a hundred dollar bill in there. Right. But there's not one in there. Yeah. See? We're just trying to make the prank better. Yeah. That's all. Uh all right. We did well, a podcast. We did a podcast, guys. <laughs> Podcasting has happened. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. You can listen live at MIXLR.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru. It's Roper from All Tower Media. Woo! Look at me. Go ahead. Uh, what's what's something you want to promote? Something you want people to check out? Definitely check out uh, SpoilerCast by Altair Media. Okay. Uh, I, I, if you search for SpoilerCast, will it come up? I know there are a lot of you know SpoilerCasts out there. Go to YouTube. You can either go to uh, AltairMedia.com or you can go over to YouTube and okay. just search Altair Media and it'll be right there. Uh, I'm constantly putting up uh, Let's Play series and things of that nature on Altair's page. Uh, but the SpoilerCast, that's where we do most of our talking. We do an episode every other week. We get on there and just talk about, like I said, all of the content of the movie. It's all similar to the spoilers that you guys do in your spoiler show. Awesome. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters who make this possible by giving monthly. Uh, it makes this show and others on the Podcast Network possible. Support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash DNA. There are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. Leave a comment at SoundCloud, tweet at us, iTunes comments, or you can email us feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like this show, too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than holding together two halves of a giant ferry boat. <laughs> Spoiler chat this week should be in your podcast feed soon. And we'll see you back next week for some War for the Planet of the Apes conversation. Caesar is home. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.